is the DU General, Money P. I'ma put you up on the schedule. Six to nine, eight weekdays, not two and seven years. We got a lot to talk about, so much to pedal through. Unapologetically progressive. Tune to KBLA 1580 to get the mess. We're your ancestors' favorite radio station. First black on talk radio, left side of the nation. Me and Dominique the Prima go way back. Smiley making sure the station stays black. Discussing all the issues in our community. We're hosting black and brown and others find unity. So let's talk about it. Maybe we can improve it. Digital underground, always down with the moon. Come on. So we tune in. First things first with the queen of black talk radio. Dominique to Prima. Go, sis. Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique Duprima. The show is called First Things First. My first thing, my very first thing today and every day, giving thanksgiving praises, asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders, and keeping it moving. As always, we got a lot to talk about. Not too many people hanging out with us today. Mostly it's me and you, so great, great day to call if you have something to say, if it's been bottled up, if you've been... You know, haven't been able to get in where you fit in. 800-920-1580 is the number. So, hour one, we usually do left coast stuff. What's going on in California and this side of town? Hour two, we do national, international, beyond, and whatever else comes with it. In hour three, we do a deep dive with a person of interest or a hot topic. Today is both. We'll be speaking with uh, Wealth Management Long Beach, uh, Wealth Management Financial Advisors, um, Stanford MBA, Marie Deary, because, well, you know, we got to get our, our finances together for the new year. But not only that, there is a law that has come into effect in January that is going to impact small businesses. And if you don't know about this, you could end up having a huge fine and some problems with the feds my friends. So if, you, if you're a business owner, you're going to definitely want to stick around in hour three. If you know a business owner, if you care about a business owner, uh, you're definitely going to want to stick around in hour three. Of course, um, it's a Wealth Building Wednesday, so we'll be meeting a small, uh, socially innovative business. And game on, let's go. 809-20-1580. I might have to recruit Miles to talk with me a little bit today. He's always filling in uh, for everybody, keeping us all afloat, as well as keeping the technical and production aspects of this whole radio station um, together. So we thank you, Miles, for all of your hard work and dedication. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. How are you feeling this morning, Dominique? I feel good. Why, why do you ask? Just asking. Oh, do I, I actually got a lot of sleep. I apologize to my siblings. I slept through a meeting I was supposed to be at. But I feel good. I'll be probably be on one today. So come on, get on one with me, 809-20-1580. How are you feeling? Good. I feel real good, real good. Very creative. Uh, been working out more. So, yeah, Excellent. My, my body feels good. Excellent. Yeah, it you know, it gives you as much energy as it, it actually more energy than it takes away. Right. I know uh, Donald Trump um, has this theory that, you only have so much energy in life, and if you use it all up, you die. And he thinks that working out makes you use up the energy and die sooner, which, of course, is completely the opposite of what scientists say. But forget what scientists say. You know, I'm, I'm a workout enthusiast, and I know that when I'm on my game, I have more energy. 
the same guy that was saying drink bleach. True right? that, true so, that. Yeah. <laughs> consider the source. That's what we mean when we say consider the source. Yeah, um, I hope, you know, everyone had a good time at the parade. It, it, I think it was really fun. I hope that everyone's feeling creative. That Because creativity, I believe, is the opposite of um, deprivation. You know what I mean? When we get into... Um, uh, scarcity mindset and we start being fearful and worried and living in what that fear space of what if what if I die what if I don't have enough money what if I even when we're struggling I think it's more at least for me it's more helpful to stay in a um, an abundance consciousness and I believe creativity helps us to do that Um, it's like uh, what Joe Michael Nixon said yesterday, it's collaboration over competition, creativity over fear. Yeah, I, I get you. I feel like also it's a, it's a lot coming at people now right now yeah. at this time. So I I empathize, that's the word, I empathize for the people who can't take that time to really uh, stay in that mindset when they have so much coming at them. You know? Trust and believe. I, I'm, you know, naturally a worry worrying person so you know I have to it's a constant battle for me it's not like I'm some bodhisattva or some you know wise man or woman it's just I know that if I can do what I need to do to help myself stay in that space of disciplined imagination and abundance mindset I will generate more um, fun creativity opportunity Uh, it's like uh, coach E Eric Nall used to always talk about you know if Steve Jobs would have been looking sideways at the flip phone instead of trying to invent the iPhone, we'd all just be still having a better flip phone, right? But getting out of that, well, let me compare myself to what the other man or woman is doing and maybe I can, you know, get a little bit of what they've got instead of saying, like, how do I invent a whole new thing, uh, Elaine, for myself? It's just a challenge, just... um, one of the things I thought um, was worth talking about in the local, in our local hour right now, um, is a report that came out that did not get a lot of attention, but I think it brings, uh, it's it's it brings an important question forward, which is the ACLU um, did a report about the way that police use dogs in um, in law enforcement. And um, what they found is that officers use their dogs to um, attack people who have done very small things, uh, minor offenses, people who have already surrendered. And they're just like, okay, okay, I give up. And then they let the dog go on and bite them anyway. Um, And that in the state of California, there are not really... There are not guidelines. There are no statewide guidelines about when you can and cannot use a dog, when you're supposed to call them off. Nothing enforceable. It's, so it's up to each department to have their own um, policy, or if they even have a policy, what is considered acceptable, maybe just an unwritten rule. And I wonder, you know, th- they raise the question of whether dogs should be used at all in policing. And I think it's a valid question. I never really thought about it. It's just one of those things I kind of accepted because we always knew that police had police dogs. 
but um, the ACLU and a group called Physicians for Human Rights uh, that was involved in this report said that there was a lack of transparency and accountability. And of course, when you look at origins of policing and the whole the through line from the overseer on the plantation and then the slave catcher to our modern policing, which is a very direct straight line, the use of dogs to catch rebellious uh, runaway enslaved persons is legendary. And the use of dogs during the civil rights movement by those police agencies to attack peaceful protesters is well documented. Now, I have a dog. I love dogs. Nothing against dogs. But dogs do or do not do most of the time. Most of the time. (laughs) Not mine specifically because, you know, he doesn't always listen. But most of the time they do what you train them to do, right? And police dogs are trained to attack, bite, and hold on until the cop says, let go. So, to me it raises a question about whether that's even something we should be doing in these modern times. Of course, the law enforcement agencies are arguing that police dogs um, can go in and create uh, safety for the officers in ways that other, what they call tools, they call the dogs tools, do not. Um, going into dangerous uh, situations, sniffing out drugs that, or, or even cadavers that a regular human nose would not be able to find and that they help keep the officers safe. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you think. And um, I have a few thoughts, 809 It's a lot going on that we can unpack this morning. And as always, I would love to hear from you. This is the spot where we are amplifying black and progressive voices all day, every day. We are KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Right now. Yeah, so I, you know, I feel like we, this might be something, for me, from my opinion uh, or my perspective, that this might be something that we need to look at the way we're talking about taking cops out of traffic stops. Um in terms of maybe abolishing it. I, I, I don't have, I haven't do, done a deep enough dive to be hard and fast on that, although I, I, I'll admit I'm leaning towards it because to me, if you are a person in possession of two lethal and one sometimes lethal weapons, right? You've got a gun, you've got a taser. We know Keenan Anderson died from being tased to death and many others have. And now, now you have a dog but we know, based on data, every, basically every study, that you're more likely to attack somebody black or Latina, but especially black people. Um, is, is it a good idea for you to have a dog who responds to your command? And when you decide you want to inflict pain on someone, you see these situations where there's escalation. We've seen it, you know, in, I'll say most of the tapes of police killings and, and maulings of human beings is the de-escalation training ain't working. 
the the message is not coming through it. And when there is de-escalation, um, you know, uh, when one when an officer tries to do that, as in Officer Crutchfield out in Pasadena, many times they pay a price for it. So the question is, if you do not have the ability to de-escalate and you have a built-in prejudice against black people, should you be allowed to have the the very thing that was used by slave catchers, the very thing that was used by overseers and um, legendarily racist cops during the civil rights movement. Should you have that in your arsenal? Um, Dog bites are nothing nice, you know, aside from the possibility of infection. Most people that survive a police dog attack are hospitalized. And I would say the very least we need is state regulations about when and how those those dogs can be used. Oh, my lawmakers in our KBLA delegation, <laughs> here's a project for you, right? Um, and so it's it's really the people that need to change their mindset, not the dog. The dog is trained to bite and let go when you say let go. But if you are emotionally unstable, white supremacist, juiced up on steroids, whatever your story is, afraid. That's what we always hear. I feared for my life. You're afraid. Boy, that fear is a mind killer, as as they say in the, in the book Dune. I haven't seen the movie yet. But I read the book many years ago. Fear is a mind killer. Oh, I feared for my life. So I had to maul you with my dog. Um... And this, um, this case of a man named Earl May Jr., uh, who is a 64-year-old, he went into a construction site to try to help his neighbor recover their lost cat. This is in 2015. He set off an alarm by going into the site. The San Mateo County Sheriff's Depart- uh, deputies came. They responded to the alarm. He was unarmed. He was 64 he was looking for a cat, um, but officer sicked a dog on him. Dog bit him a bunch of times. Serious puncture wounds in his calf. He was hospitalized for weeks. Um, well, hospitalized for some days. Injured for weeks. Not able to work or go about his business. And he, and he sued. He sued San Mateo County, as he should have. He was... He won. He got $1.1 million. Another reason to reconsider the use of police dogs. We, the taxpayers, are paying all these big bills because y'all cannot control your white supremacist tendencies, your overly emotional um, pattern of escalating encounters, particularly with black people and BIPOC people. And this guy, um, Earl May Jr., uh, was considered, his case was considered as sort of a, an example of what happens within this report, um, saying that, which the ACLU concluded, that police canines are being used to inflict, I'm quoting here, unnecessary disproportionate harm on people who commit minor crimes, i.e. I walked into a construction site to help my neighbor get their cat back. 
I'm 64 and I don't have a gun or a knife or anything. I'm going, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Well, who let the dogs out? Um, uh, not to mention the use of dogs on people with mental health crises. And the list goes on. Law enforcement says that those dogs help protect officers, that they help catch suspects that maybe the cop couldn't. Um, and that they also are used by bomb squads and as drug detection uh, specialists. Food for thought. For me, the fact that this report is also co-authored by Physicians for Human Rights is a bit of a wake-up call, right? Whenever you get the doctors saying this is a problem, um, I think that, to me, gives added urgency. And at least we should have, um, we should have uniformity. You know, every, every police department has the same rules. Every police department, um, has the same accountability. The, the word, uh, the word, I mean, just hearing it, it makes me laugh because it sounds accountability, law enforcement, not something we hear, uh, words we hear together too often, but, um, as always, I'm interested in what you have to say. And, and you can connect with me, not just on the phone. I notice some of y'all prefer to be in the chat. I'm on youtube.com at KBLA 1580. And I also love to get uh, responses on my threads or my DMs. Not threads the app. I'm not there yet. Um, I'm talking about Facebook Mostly Instagram, because that's my fave at the moment. Um, Twitter slash X. We are at KBLA 1580. And mine is Radio D-I-P-R-I-M-A. And then radio, please like, follow, subscribe, hang out, respond, jump in. Miles, you're on threads, right? Uh, the, the, yeah, everything at Miles Love Music. Which isn't, that's not a... Um, it's not a replacement for Twitter. I guess it's like Meta's response to Twitter or X. It was a failed attempt. That's what I'm going to call it. Really? I think it was a failed attempt. Yeah. Is it whack? Yeah. I mean, it's not essential. That's not what you go to Instagram for. So if right. you use thread, if you use Twitter, you may like repost your Twitter post on threads or something. Or okay. repost your Instagram post. But it's not, it's not primary yet. You're right. And unless, I mean, I guess they might be waiting in the wings because if Twitter... X fails if it fails financially then they you think they could have an opportunity or it's just not the same I mean it feels like it feels like it's the third or fourth most <laughs> important thing to Instagram you know okay like right. they're rolling out the reels heavy they're doing the music side heavy right uh, they're upgrading their main Instagram platform and plus they're owned by Meta so who knows what Meta's doing on their side too so I don't think that Threads is the gonna be the end all be all now yeah okay well you know i i know you had said maybe i should try it out just because we should be everywhere where people are talking right but i you know i i didn't i haven't gotten around to it and i'm always getting these notifications you know so and so wants you to follow them on threads or they um <laughs> i mean you want to be early to it so i don't right. i don't see Which a problem with using it 
Yeah, it's but, but it's not. It's, we're past early, right? I mean, it's been out for six months, a year, something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, early in the sense that it hasn't caught on yet. Okay, you know what I mean, it's more, right. it's, it's more of a a, a, a subsidiary you, app. Right. It it may never catch on, but it could. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to be ready when it happens. Yeah. Well, I think are we? Yeah. Is KBLA on Threads? I don't know. I'm if pretty we sure are. we are. Yeah, we probably are. I'm not yet, but perhaps I will be after this conversation. I always think back to the other Miles, uh, Miles Bloxen, who worked with me on Front Page for many years. Uh, well, a couple of years. She was an intern and then an assistant. And a tech expert who talked me into going on Instagram. I was like, I don't, I don't need another app. I already have to deal with Facebook and Twitter. And now Instagram is my favorite. Had not been for Miles Bloxen, she actually took my phone, set the account up and said, here's how you use it. Uh, I wouldn't be on Instagram, and I'd be missing out. That was kind of me with TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I never got on TikTok either. That's terrible. I shouldn't say it on the air. But I I kind of bought into the hype about, you know, Chinese collecting um, information about us, which is silly because every app yeah. collects information on you. And why is Mark Zuckerberg less nefarious <laughs> than the Chinese? Right. Yeah, I mean, we're we're giving our data away at this point. Yeah. So Yeah. Come um, on in. Right. Look in my, you know, get all my info, sell it. I I'm, feel like, but the thing that a lot of these apps never really caught up to TikTok was TikTok is aimed on trying to, um, you know, expand the reach of the creatives, the good creatives. You know what I mean? They actually, the algorithm set up for that. Everybody else's algorithm is set up for ads. That's mm. not really their, that's hmm. not their moneymaker. Their moneymaker is the creatives, you know? Because... I mean, how does how do you how do you see that manifest on the app? Um, I mean, like like even like their algorithm that, that uh, maybe in the early 2021, 2022, when they were pushing and blowing up careers for musicians, for comedians, for dancers, for artists, that was their because their business model is based on volume of people, exactly, rather than how many ads they Ra- sell, rather than your your viewing time. They were short term, short form content, right, based on. As opposed to having long form content to sell you on time watched. Mm, you know what? And I, I'm not gonna lie. I watch a lot of TikTok videos. I just don't have the app. Mm-hmm. I see them on Instagram. I see them on, uh, on Twitter. I see them when my friends send them to me mm-hmm. <laughs> on my phone. So you know, now it's I. I'm now I'm not like oh no the Chinese. Now I'm just more like okay when when I get around to it and. As you said, being early to it is better. I'm not early to it. I'm late to the party. Should I even go? So, um, but, you know, I, I, I think that I can kind of see your point because so many people have done so well on that app. I think you should go for it, Dominique. Really? I think, you know what, well, we got a six-minute break coming up right here. I think threads and TikTok is what you should do during this break. Right. We got Okay, we have uh, news. We have traffic. We got a lot of good things coming up. You think I could do it in, in, in during news traffic and sports? I know. Okay, I maybe so. if you help me. Oh, Lord, me doing TikTok videos. That sounds scary, but yeah, wh- I'm always doing reels, so I guess what's the difference? News traffic and sports, perfect time to call me, 809-20-1580. We are unapologetically progressive KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. 
Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. And I'm on my way, Miles. I'm working on it. Uh, it took me a little longer than you, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to get on TikTok at your recommendation and uh, make it happen. Why not? Yes, ma'am. Why yes, not? Ma'am. Why not? I don't, you know. At DePrima Radio on TikTok? Yeah, why not? Okay. Another project for uh, 2024. So, um... I didn't realize that it's the anniversary, the 30th anniversary of the um, of the earthquake, the North Ridge earthquake, which was a huge 6.7 um, earthquake uh, that took place in L.A. And uh, that was in 1994. And I actually lived through that quake. I did not realize I had been in L.A. that long, but I guess I have, because that was right when I got here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, welcome to L.A. That was scary. I remember when that quake hit, um, I was in my little apartment, and I was praying because I it was long. It just seemed like it went on forever. Um, and I really thought that was the end. I thought that my life was going to end <laughs> then. How often were uh, earthquakes up north? Pretty, pretty, um, pretty common. I was in the um, the big Bay Bridge um, earthquake there. I was actually at the television station, and I almost got. <laughs> I was safe, but I, there was just an avalanche of videotapes. But I didn't think I was going to die. I mean, it was short. <clears throat> that one was bad. That's the one that cracked the Bay Bridge. I was running late. I was supposed to be on that bridge with some friends going to a baseball game. But maybe that's why I've been running late ever since, because that would have been really scary. <laughs> but in any case, that that earthquake was long. And um, I didn't die, obviously. Here I still am 30 years later. Miles, you weren't even alive when that earthquake hit. I was born. I'll be. I was born in August of '94. Yeah, so you missed it. <laughs> Just missed it. Just missed it. Um, but that was, um, you know, it was scary and it was long, <clears throat> and I was fine. But um, there was a lot of damage, including to the freeways. And but one thing that I remember really clearly from that time is that everybody was so kind. It was really neighborly, like people were helping each other, they were giving each other food, the ones that had flashlights were letting everybody use them, the people were sharing whatever radios were available, which it's a good thing to have, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on the radio, but when an earthquake hits, sometimes the cell towers are down, sometimes um, electricity is out for a while, if you have a battery-operated, old-fashioned transistor radio it's really helpful it's one of the reasons why you know congress has been asked to keep am radios in cars because you could your electricity could be down and you could be um without cell service but you can hop in your car if you have one and hear you know tune into radio particularly am which um you know signal is is very um reliable and you can find out what's going on. Um, and you know, I know you were. I'm a, I'm a Cali kid. You know, I've, I have, family on the East Coast, but I have been here my whole life. And let me tell you something: 
when you have lived through one of the big quakes, you're more serious about your earthquake kit. I have mine. I always have water, enough for water, water for several days. I always have canned goods. You know, I will donate them to a food bank in, in plenty of time if they're about to expire so someone else can eat them. And then I'll get a new batch because I don't eat a lot of canned foods. I like to eat fresh foods as much as possible. When an earthquake hits, I, cle- I keep saying I'm going to start a garden, but I don't have a green thumb. That's another great idea, though. You know, for the folks, all my my KBLA delegates who are growing collard greens, we had a whole front page conversation about this, Miles. I was shocked at how many people have collard green trees in their backyards in, in L.A. And, and, you know, whatever, corn, tomatoes, a lot of people grow tomatoes, but apparently collard greens. Um, and I didn't even know collards grew on trees. Wow. Oh, wow, Okay. I thought they were like, you know, bushes or like cabbages or something. No, they're they're actually trees. Really? Yeah. Huh. So. Okay. Yeah. So that's a great project, hmm. you know, plant a collard green tree, a moringa tree. I, I want to do that because moringa is so full of nutrients. It could get you through most anything. That, uh, if, you know, stores are closed down, gas stations are closed. I, I also try to keep my gas tank on full. Because if you think about it, gas stations require electricity to pump gas. Plus, they'll be jam-packed at that point anyway. Right, when they do open, yeah. Um, So you need a flashlight with batteries in it that you know where it is. I'm earthquake traumatized to where I keep a flashlight, heavy gloves, and heavy boots um, near my bed. If I'm sleep, if you're sleeping and you wake up and there's broken glass everywhere, you need to have something to put on your hands so you can move stuff out the way, and you need some heavy boots to walk through that stuff. And uh, that's the California kid side because real talk, when that hits, you suddenly don't feel stupid for doing that. You feel very virtuous, um, and it also comes in handy. In my building, I was living in an apartment building back then. I was the one with the little radio that everyone was gathering around and listening. Surprise! (laughs) And, um, you know, I had barely gotten into radio, but I I had been into earthquakes being, you know, from California. And the other thing that people forget, they used to tell us when we were kids, they used to tell us you go in a doorway, like under a door jam because it's supposed to be the most one of the most reinforced parts of a building. And so a lot of people who grew up in California remember, you know, the the guidelines get in a doorway. I was in a doorway when the Northridge quake hit praying. But in reality, now that's no longer the guidance. I don't know, you can get smacked by a, a swinging door, there might be glass near that door that so now the guideline is go under the sturdiest piece of furniture in your house. And if you're not near any furniture, you want to cover your head with your hands, you know. Um, the back of your head, your neck, you want to cover it with your hands and you want to curl up because you got to protect your brain and your spinal cord, right? So if you're in your bed, they say don't go running around looking for a, fur- a piece of furniture. Use the pillows, whatever you have to pad yourself and cover your curl up and cover your head so that you have 
you know, pack yourself up like an Amazon package with those blankets and and pillows and protect yourself from flying debris. What do you do if you're outside or driving? Uh, if you're driving, um, if you can, you pull over. Um, if you're outside, I think you got it. If you you're feel near it while you're driving, like does it rick your? See, car? I've driven through air, through earthquakes and never felt it. Okay. You know, I, but some people are more sensitive. I think if you're outside, you're meant to. If you can get under a thing that a sturdy thing, you do that. If not, you're going to have to do the same thing. Cover your head. Try to stay away. You know, you don't want to run outside. That's what people do and that's a bad idea because you've got falling power lines you can get electrocuted um you know glass debris all kinds of things can be happening but if you're already out there you want to get to the safest you don't want to travel a long distance but if you you know there's a bench or a picnic table that you can dive under you do that you always want to cover your head and neck and if you're you know if there's power lines that could possibly tumble over and kill you electrocute you 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 don't want to stay near that uh you know be mindful of glass and stuff like that. But what you don't want to do is set out on a long journey while we're still sh- while we're still shaking, run out the house or try to channel your freak out into constructive things like covering your head, um, covering your baby's head with pillows, whatever you, you know, whatever you got to do. So, uh, you know, not to be scary, but on the 30th anniversary of such a huge quake, um it's worth remembering that we live in earthquake country. We're not suffering from the crazy storms, even though we think it's cold, like they're having back east. We're not suffering from those tornadoes that tear people's houses, you know, roofs off and stuff. Although we did have a tornado last year, but it was tiny. We don't have to deal with that. But what we do have to deal with is being ready for earthquakes. And the thing about them is they usually happen, you know, when you've forgotten all about it and you're just sort of lulled into complacency. So check your food supply, your water supply. If you have time, get the flashlight, the radio, some some heavy gloves and boots. If you can, a little earthquake kit with your medication for uh, three to five days um, money. I always keep some small bills because, you you know, nobody's going to have change. <laughs> you might need to buy something or bribe someone. Um, and a change of clothes, a toothbrush, all that stuff in a bag ready to get the heck out if you got to. That's California living, people. <laughs> Happy Northridge Quake Anniversary. Um, the good news, the LA Times says we our technology is a lot better now, so we wouldn't be in as as bad shape as we were uh, in '94. But I think the thing that really got us through was people's kindness and the fact that when we get in a real crazy disaster, my experience, and I've been through quite a few of them in California, we get real neighborly all of a sudden. All of a sudden, people start sharing and being kind. You know, the same people that would cut you off in traffic. <laughs> will share their last piece of bread with you. That's part of the the irony and, and craziness that is my beloved California. It's a perfect time to call me 800-920-1580. I'm Dominique DePrima for KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. loud. KBLA Talk 1580. COVID-19. Find a righteous rage and don't be afraid to say what you see. For KBLA Talk 1580. You know what, Miles, you have a point. Uh, We were talking off the air about how we've become so jaded when it 
uh, comes to unhoused people because they seem to be everywhere. And, you know, it's easy for us to get cynical and just drive on by. So uh, Miles was saying, and, you know, in, in, in response to my, my thought, my belief that we are basically kind people um, in California, but you, you don't always see it until a crisis steps up. Homelessness is a different kind of crisis, though, because it's a long, slow, <sighs> painful crisis. And I do think um, that people are getting a little jaded about it, or a lot. Um, I wish we wouldn't be. And I say we because I don't think that, given the conditions that we see on the streets right now, had year 2000 Dominique de Prima been airdropped into where we are right now, or, you know, um, and seen the conditions, she would have been probably crying and just horrified. And, and I am, I am compassionate. I want to see change, but it's almost like you get used to it. And that is really not good. This is, that's a normalization, right? Yeah. And I think the, the, while I get that and I understand that, I feel that the, the compassion can't wither. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I'm seeing yeah. the, the, it's one thing to be jaded and ignore and it become normal to you. It's nothing to kind of be disrespectful, to mm. be mean. You know, I mean, people are mean to homeless people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I believe it. I see it. I've seen it on on YouTube more than in real life. <laughs> but I think you're right. I think you're right. And, and that, to me, it reminds me of what Pastor James Lawson was talking about, how we have to be, we have to challenge ourselves to be morally uh, correct. Yeah. We can't just give in to the whatever instinct, base instinct, uh, which is being modeled by the former president mm. and, and the meanness that we see among a lot of our lawmakers. Yeah. But we know better. But I mean, also, too, I mean, the the that spills over into everywhere. That spills over to traffic. That spills over to, you know, what I mean, in the grocery store. That spills over to the gas stations. That spills over to the kids, to people walking by and you know, having a mean, mean look on their face and smugging you in, in traffic. So, I mean, it's. Do you think it's getting worse? I mean, I I know I, I'm always resistant to this idea that we're going to hell in a handbasket or people are mean, meaner now. Because there's always been a-holes. Yeah. I mean, they're always. And I feel like there's always been people that are mean to. I remember I had a, a homeless and an unhoused kid on my show, um, Street Signs, right around when I came here. And he told me when. People walk by me and I, you know, I might ask them for change or whatever, and they don't even look me in the eye. They act like I'm not even human. Then I just want to wait for them around the corner and rob them. <laughs> and I thought, wow, people do that. That taught me a lesson. Every time I, you know, I, I will give people the respect of eye contact and acknowledging their humanity, even if I'm saying no. I mean, what I say is getting worse. For surely, I think it's getting worse. I think yeah. uh, me personally, I spent a lot of my time here in Lamert Park area. Uh, so I get to run into more people who are more comfortable speaking to me as a black person, as a black man. But, um, uh, I think it's definitely getting worse. Uh, I think the, uh, now we're at a point where it's awkward to talk to people in public and acknowledge somebody. So mm. that's what's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. 
More on that. 809-201580. I'm Dominique DePrima for KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward, includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. Power. We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah, that's a good point, Miles, about our compassion and our kindness. I think it's really easy to slip into that, man, F you, you know, and, and I do it. I, I The dialogues that I have sometimes when I'm in traffic, monologues, are, woo, I would never want y'all to hear the stuff I'd be saying because I get frustrated. But I think it's different when you encounter another human being in person. And I do think we have to challenge ourselves to do better. I mean, we all know better. Our mama, our grandmama, somebody taught us that you have to be kind to each other, that human life is valuable and precious. Um, on the other hand, I do understand that we don't want to be feeling endangered walking around right you know good and well that's happened to me Mm. um by someone who is having probably a mental health crisis but decided to try to go after me i've seen an unhoused person punch a a woman a tiny petite woman in the mouth um uh, you you know the the human feces that you find in some areas and garbage you know i think people do get fed up with that but I, I just challenge us to get back to why is it like that? Mm. It's like it's you know it's like that because we we need to have health care for all, so those people that are in need of mental health assistance can get it, and we need to have affordable, truly affordable housing, in the sense that doesn't cost more more than one third of your income, which is almost impossible in L.A. Um, yeah. They are, they are in the, they are in the chat. They are in the chat. Um, Renee Kuki Buckley was talking about the, the quake saying that that's what brought uh, the West side through our communities in South LA because the freeways were down. And that's so true. They were down uh, for quite a while, just as we saw that same thing happen in, um, in the Bay where the freeways were down. I mean, literally they were down for years, a couple of them. Um, that's crazy. But hopefully what we saw with the fire um, would be repeated should we have another big quake and we would have a rapid response and uh, be back on the road. Um, it's time for news, traffic, and sports. Wealth Building Wednesday, then more of your phone calls, 800-920-1580. Let's talk about it. I want to get your perspective too. It's KBLA Talk 1580.